Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz. I'm joined by my dude NWI Steve, and we are here to recap the Chicago White Sox. Two to one loss against the Houston Astros, second straight loss. Before we do that, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap, at On Tap Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. And if you bought a Yearman Mercedes jersey and you got it from Grandstand, you want to return it, you go check out Grandstand. You go there, it's right by the ballpark. <laughs> that felt horrible saying that, but you know what? Why not? Uh, <laughs> go to GrandstandSocks.com. Follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks. Any White Sox gear you need, go to Grandstand. Check them out. What's up? Steve, we haven't been on the mic together in a long time. We got your boy Sal in here saying, yo, how, how you doing, man? Hey, yo, Buzz. Yeah, good to talk to you, my man. It's uh, It's been far too long here. What up, Sal? How's it going, buddy? Um, and look, real quick here before we kind of jump into things, you know, we're on the subject of Grandstand. I'm going to be going, I'm going to be paying my boys over at Grandstand and, and staff. I'm going to be paying, paying them a visit here coming up because – you know, I know you and you and Johnny, you guys are big headband advocates. You know, you guys rock that Yaz headband. So I'm I'm giving real thought to becoming a headband kind of guy. And I think what's gonna happen is I'm gonna have to go in there to Grandstand and see if I can find one one of the just the the socks headbands right around there. Cause I, I think it's just time. I have to embrace it. Yeah, well, you know, the headbands, uh, they hold my hair back, and it makes me look cool and tough, so that's why I wear them. What's up, Jason? How you doing, buddy? But yeah, that's uh it's you know. I think you could pull it off, man. I think you could pull it off. I, I really I'm, do. I think give it a shot. I'm willing to give it a go here. You know, you gotta you gotta try some new things here. It's uh, 2021. Listen, next Friday we are officially back, and uh, you know I can't think of any any other way to celebrate that than just you know kind of reinventing things a little bit, kind of going a little bit of a new look. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Got to freshen up that gimmick like they do in the wrestling uh, in the wrestling business a little bit. I, I get that. And that was a great segue into the first thing I wanted to mention before this game. Everybody who's listening to this podcast right now, everybody who's here on the live, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to retweet this. I need you to spread the word. Whatever you could do to spread the word about this, spread it. Saturday, June 26th, the Sox are at home against the Seattle Mariners. Barstool from the 108. Socks on 35th and Socks on Tap will be throwing a massive tailgate in Lot B. Bring your own beer. Get the hell out there. Tell your friends. Tell your cousins. Tell your brothers. Tell your sisters. Tell your neighbors. Whatever you got to tell. Tell them. Come to Lot B Saturday, June 26th. White Sox Dave got this whole thing going. He's included a few of us. We're going to get this tailgate going right, and we're going to go to the park 100% capacity for the first weekend, and we're going to make it happen. It's going to be yeah, absolutely fantastic. 
Buzz, if I can expand on that a little bit here. Listen, folks, we have not had the opportunity to tailgate as a collective unit since September of 2019. It has been far, far, far too long. And I'm going to tell you this right now, Buzz, you and I were talking about this before we hopped on here. I am stone colding beers as soon as I get into that goddamn parking lot. I don't care. I'm getting crazy with it. There, there's no holding back. We've been waiting for this day for, for you know, what, six, 16 months now at this point here. There's no holding back anymore. Be there. It's going to be the party. It's going to be the tailgate of all tailgates. It absolutely is. I might not be able to drink the most, but I guarantee I can drink faster than anybody there and fall asleep way quicker than anybody there. So that is what we're shooting for. You're going to have to carry me over your shoulder into that stadium because that's how bad I'm going to be for sure. I can't wait. So you're going to have to big brother me all day. It's going to be fantastic. But yeah, so you know what's not fantastic, Steve, is the Sox lost two in a row. Now, I try not to, you know, get in my head. We knew this offense has been inconsistent a lot for a long time now. <laughs> it really has. It's not a very consistent offense. Um, and it, it's just been the tail of uh, the tail of that over these last two games. However, I before we started getting into the game, I do want to throw credit immediately to Carlos Rodon. He pitched one hell of a game to the top offense in the MLB, the top offense in the MLB, and he kept us in it. If our guys could have picked him up, this result would have been a lot different. You're absolutely right, Buzz. Carlos Rodon went out there and gave this team a chance to win this baseball game, and he gave up one and run against a team that, as you mentioned there, is the top offense in all of baseball right now. Um, you know, he had one inning where his command just kind of got away from him a little bit. He was able to limit the damage to one run. And to do that against this offense with the way that they have been scoring runs and the overall output that they have had uh, through the first 60-some games of the 2021 season, it really is pretty amazing to see him, him go out there and do what he was able to do tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, everything you said was spot on. Just to get to Sal's question, are they feeling the absence of Nicky Madrigal on, you know, getting on base and making contact? Man, uh, that could be it, Sal, but they're feeling the absence of Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Nick Madrigal. I mean, it, it's just, it, it, it's so overwhelming with all the yeah, we got out on this team right now. We, we got to be honest right now. I mean, the fact is this lineup is pretty thin at the moment here. Uh, when you have Brian Goodwin, um, who, who's really the definition of an average major league player and you you have him sliding in, in in the number two spot you have you know jake lamb who is cooled down um i know he had he did have one hit in there today uh but he has cooled down here over the last uh, maybe week or so from from the hot start that he had in his limited uh playing time to to this juncture here uh yaz has hit a little bit of a cold streak here and that was something that um Kind of, kind of hurt this team here tonight in a couple of spots, unfortunately. And and Jose Abreu for you know the month of June has been really off his game. I know he did hit that home run against Tampa here, but you know the fact of the matter is that um, it it's really been very up and down. But just the the absences of guys to this point, it is kind of catching up to them right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you need to find consistent offense from somebody, um, and it's just. It's not there. It's so hard to watch, Steve, because like in the beginning of the game, like we said, you know, I was kind of in and out, had some uh, things going on, but there were six hits in the first three innings, two innings, 
It was for, in the first two first innings. Three. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 we don't do anything with it, man. You can't let opportunities like that go against this kind of team. You just can't. You're 100 percent right. This is something that I talk about pretty frequently when we have these these recap shows. Is when you have an opportunity to score multiple runs in an inning, particularly against a strong team like the Houston Astros, you have to take advantage. If you're only able to scratch one run across the plate, in all honesty, the opposition they're really looking at that as a win, so to speak. Um, if they're able to just limit the damage, like what we saw in this first inning tonight, you know, the Sox had an opportunity to score multiple runs in there and they were unable to take advantage. And that really did come back to haunt them here throughout the course of this game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like you look at the scoring for the Sox. Okay. So Abreu singles to right field. That'll score good when Mankata gets the third. That's all you get. Okay. Then after that, it's a pitcher's duel for the most part. Cause that was in the top of the first, the Sox got on the board immediately after that. It's pretty quiet until Rodon walks that run in. And then, you know, it, it's just nothing until the ninth. And it's the bottom of the ninth where, you know, Michael Brantley lined out to right, Guriel singled to center. And then, uh, who was that? Alvarez, right? Alvarez doubled the right field. And that, you know, that'll score Guriel. And then that's it. That's, I mean, minimal scoring today. The pitching was mostly on point. It's like games like this are what I really like to enjoy. Obviously, I enjoy them a lot fucking more when the Sox come out on top. But, I mean, it was just a, it was a pitcher's duel. It was a pitcher's duel, like the whole entire game. And you could – one thing I guess is a good takeaway from this, Steve, is I know we're doing a post game, but I do want to talk about this. What is it going to take for people to give Carlos Rodon credit that he's not doing it against shitty teams, you know, just shitty teams? I mean, this was the top team that he shut down for seven innings of baseball, you know, besides the walking in a run thing. That, I mean, that's yeah. literally it. Yeah, I think at this point, um, if you are not a believer in the changes that Carlos Rodon has made in the 2021 season, I don't know what to tell you at this point. I'm not sure what else you really need to see here at this juncture. Um, you know, he no hit the Cleveland Indians, who are a strong team. You know, they're they're 10 games over 500 as, as a team. Now, granted, they're do that mostly from a run prevention standpoint. Carlos Rodon also threw really well against the New York Yankees. He's done it now against the Houston Astros. So he's not exactly going out there and bump slaying. So if, if you are someone out there, again, that just doesn't believe in what we've seen from Carlos Rodon here in the 2021 season, either you need a new TV or you need to get your eyes examined or your brain examined because you're not watching the same thing the rest of us are. Right. It's just something I had to point out because after last night's loss, I'm sure you saw the Dylan Cease bum slaying shit. And I felt like Cease kind of got fucked <laughs> in the first there after that Mankata, um, uh error. You know, I mean, obviously he didn't have his best stuff, but that really did hurt him, you know. Um, but it was, it was just something I wanted to point out and throw out there that, that Los has just been absolutely unbelievable. He's the fucking best pitcher besides Lance Lynn on the staff right now. And it, it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, are there any things that you want to touch on in this game that went down that you saw that you didn't like? I, I, I think one thing I thought is funny is I know that you're not on the twatter machine any, you know, at this point in time but a lot of people were upset about Cody Hoyer coming into the game. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Steve, he had it going and he looked really fucking good doing it. 
he he did. That's probably the best Cody Hoyer has looked in several weeks out there. That was, you know, kind of the guy we saw during the 2020 season when he went out there as a, as a rookie and really kind of took the league by storm and positioned himself to be a guy as an anchor at the back end of this bullpen here for many years to come. And we obviously haven't seen that very much here this season, but that was the guy we saw tonight. Um, I was, you know, admittedly, I've been a little concerned every time I see Cody Hoyer come in there just because the the results here this season have not been what I was anticipating them to be. So it's kind of a scenario where you're in a tie game, and um, especially after you look at the game on Wednesday when he goes out there and against Tampa Bay, um, has another you know shaky outing, allows the Rays to kind of claw back into that game a little bit. So you see him come in here, tie game, high leverage spot, and you're thinking, okay, well, here we go again. But I think another point that a lot of people just need to understand here is what are the alternatives at this point? They, they simply haven't gotten consistency from the guys in the bullpen that you're counting on. You haven't gotten consistency from Evan Marshall. You haven't gotten consistency from Aaron Bummer. You haven't gotten consistency from Matt Foster. Ryan Burr has come up and has done pretty well in, in his brief stint with this team. But again, is that a guy that you really can trust to this point in a high leverage spot? Um, someone that really hasn't seen uh, considerable innings since the 2019 season. And I just I don't know what really the alternatives are at this point, um, but hopefully this is kind of the beginning of the Cody Hoyer turnaround because this bullpen really does need it. They really need to find a way to kind of stabilize things and have that bridge to get the ball to Lance Lynn or, or excuse me to Liam Hendricks in the ninth inning. And hopefully Cody Hoyer could be one of those guys again. I always feel okay for the most part whenever a different face from the bullpen comes in because I realize that our starting pitchers aren't going to be able to go seven every fucking start and that these guys are going to need opportunities to get loose, to get in-game experience, to get time in there so they can, you know, get better at their craft if they've been struggling because they're not going to get any better if they're just sitting on the fucking in the bullpen. They're not going to get any better. So I, I liked when Hoyer came in today. I mean, I know what Hoyer could throw. He could throw some heat, and he's got a pretty good breaking ball, and you kind of saw that here today. So I'm glad he came in. I'm glad he did his thing. After that, we move into Garrett Crochet. Garrett Crochet has a 1.19 ERA. He's been very, very good as uh, of late for the most part. Um, you know, it just, it, he let up two hits, Steve, and it just didn't go his way. I, I don't really know what to say other than that. You know, he, he let up the single and then he let up a double. Uh, he got the first out of the inning when he came in off to the line out and then a single and a double took him out. And, and that was it. It was the bottom of the ninth. He didn't have much time to work, obviously, couple, when you're in that situation. Yeah, I mean, a couple of sliders that just simply didn't have a whole lot of bite on them tonight. Uh, as you mentioned, gives up that that single to Guriel on a, on a long at bat that won a full count, kind of threw a, a spinner on the outer third of the plate that that caught too much of it. That Guriel was able to hit hard into center field there, and then same thing, you know, your your Alvarez is a guy that for a lefty actually stays in um, pretty well when it comes to facing left-handed pitching, he's not a guy that really bails and steps into the bucket, um, you know, so to speak against tough left-handed pitching. Uh, it really keeps that front shoulder in there pretty well. And 
that was on full display right there, unfortunately, for, for the Sox in that ninth inning at bat as he was able to stay in there, keep that front side closed, and hit the ball hard down the right field line there ultimately to score the, the winning run. And, you know, it was interesting because there was a lot of discussion between Jason Benetti and Gordon Beckham about whether or not um, there was going to be a pinch runner for Yuli Gurriel there being the winning run in that particular spot. And to see him actually score from first base right there, that was very frustrating. Obviously, um, you know, I I don't know if it was a, a an issue of Jake Lamb's positioning on, on that particular play or if he just simply doesn't have a strong enough arm to be able to get that thing in quick enough there to the relay man. But, you know, to, to see Guriel of all people score on that, that was definitely something that um, caught me by surprise. I will be yeah. completely honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm definitely with you on that. As far as the trade things that are popping off in the chat here, we will be addressing those on Sunday Fun Day this week. That is my Father's Day request from everybody is that we do a fun sock Sunday Fun Day with all the guys. So we're going to get that going on Sunday. We'll definitely talk about that. But uh, for now, Steve, I don't think we have much else to talk about for this game. We need to move into the next. Um, and the next game is tomorrow at 610. I believe is the start time. Let me make sure. Yep. Or yep. 615. I'm sorry. 615 PM central time. Sox and Houston Astros going at it. It'll be Lance Lynn. Seven and two, 1.51 ERA, 71, two third innings pitched. He's only let up 47 hits. He struck out 80, walked 20, let up eight long balls. I'm going to butcher this dude's first name. I hope you can get it. Frambeer Valdez. I think I did it. Framber Valdez. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Woo. 3-0, 1.42 ERA. He's pitched 25 and a third, uh, 24 strikeouts and seven walks, two long balls he has let up. Um, just like tonight, Steve, I'm not too concerned about the pitching. Um, I need the offense to get it going. I know what Lance Lynn brings. So I, I can go uh, down this fucking rabbit hole of, you know, what we need Lance Lynn to do and how we need him to perform tomorrow, but it's, basically been the same fucking Lance Lynn we've had all year. We know what he does. We need this offense to hit the ball and we need him to do it consistently. Start the game off like they did tonight, but capitalize on that and score, score your runners. They've scored three runs in two games against a quality opponent. It's really hard to win baseball games when you do that. Now, obviously, you get into October, and the Houston Astros are a team that you very well may run up against, and you're going to have to find a way to scratch and claw and win some close, low-scoring affairs. Uh, Sox obviously haven't been able to do that to this point. And, you know, there, there's one particular at-bat in, in this game, actually, Buzz, that I kind of want to circle back to, and this is, I think, Absolutely. a a perfect kind of tie into what we're talking about here in terms of capitalizing on opportunities. That first inning there, after the Jose Abreu RBI single, and you get Yasmani Grandal up in that particular spot there with two outs, Yohan Makata on third base right there, and and he strikes out, um, you know, swings through a fastball. That's a spot where you, I know I'm I'm someone that I talk pretty frequently about, you know, a strikeout is is nothing more than an out, but it is something that is really situational dependent. And that was a spot right there where Yaz striking out of that spot, that really did hurt ultimately right there. You need to find some way to at least hit a fly ball, get a sacrifice fly to get that second run in. I talk about this. I talked about this earlier in the episode, and I'm going to keep driving this point home. When you have an opportunity to score multiple runs in an inning, you need to take advantage of that. That's something we need to see this team do against Framber Valdez. Get on them, get on them early. Runs in an inning and then Lance to go out there and do what he does. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So going into your pick to click tomorrow, I, I, I think I have mine in my head, Steve, and I'm just going to go with it. I, it's going to come from an unlikely source because every time I keep choosing a guy that I think is, you know, a, let's try to say this without sounding like an asshole, like a guy that is proven, like a TA, like a Jose Abreu or a Grandal or something like that, like a guy that you need to trust, a big-time player making big-time plays. Every time I do that, I don't feel like it happens. So I'm going to Adam Engel tomorrow. I'm going to Adam Engel tomorrow. He's my pick to click tomorrow. Look, that's actually that's actually a really good pick right there because we've seen what Adam Engel does against left-handed starting pitchers. Yeah, that's why um, I did it. That's yeah. Look, that's that's a great spot right there. Um, I applaud that pick because I was leaning towards going that way. But I am actually going to go with uh, TA seven. I think he's going to look to get this party started first pitch into the Crawford boxes tomorrow. Oh, I hope that I hope they make it happen, man. Because I, I, I like if there's the two games that I feel comfortable winning, I, I honestly I would have told you when the series started when Los is on the mound, I'd probably feel comfortable with that. But I don't feel too intimidated having Lance Lynn go and then having Keiko go face his old team on Sunday. I think that that's going to be a barn burner. So I, I'm really hoping that these last two games the Sox can take. They can even the series out and against the Rays and the Astros, they can go four and three, and that's something that I could live with. You know, um, that, that's something I can live with yeah. against those two teams. So that's what I'm, I'm hoping for at this point. So, yeah, look, you, you go, go out there. The goal of, of a season here, obviously, is to win series. Can't do that here in, in this particular spot. Have you lost the first two games of this four game set? But what you want to do is you want to go out there and prevent extended losing streaks one row now um they've only had i think one three game losing streak all season here so you don't have three games in new york against the yankees so go out there lance lynn tomorrow be the stopper be the guy show that emotion get out there on the mound scream let's fucking go let the camera get in real close on you on you saying it and then after the game go out there pound some revolution ipas and get yourself a prime rib and, and let's eat baby absolutely absolutely Everybody, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap at on Tap Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Check out Grandstand. Go to grandstandsocks.com. Follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks. Or if you're down at the ballpark, check out Grandstand for all your Chicago White Sox gear or Chicago sports gear. We'll be back tomorrow after the White Sox hopefully get a win against the Houston Astros. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.